Welcome back to Blacks with Blues, an in-depth conversation about what it means to be black, queer, alive, and with the blues. Welcome back to Black Queerness and Mass Media and Society Part 2. I'm your host, Justin Jones, and this is Blacks with Blues. In this session, we're going to hop right into Black queerness in mass media and society as it pertains to film and television, how we are depicted as Black queer people, and how we feel about it. But I figured we should start off with a nice little jam session, so sit back and enjoy, my people. Free. My TV ain't HD, that's too real Grapevine, mango, peaches, and lime Sweet life, sweet life, sweet life Sweet life, sweet life Sweet, 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 sweet life Sweet life, sweet life, sweet life, 
Welcome back to the conversation that is Black Queerness in Mass Media Part 2 of Episode 1. Right after our first session, me and Avante sat right back down and had this conversation about film and television. So stay tuned and let's get right into it. So now we can get into the whole television and movie side of Black Queerness and Mass Media. Um, I finally saw Moonlight. You, uh, you highly suggested it. You actually really wanted me to see Moonlight. <laughs> So uh, yes, I did. And so, uh, what did you want to ask me about Moonlight? I can't even like collect my thoughts when it comes to Moonlight. Well, I, okay, well, okay. I know how you feel about Moonlight. Yeah, because you know I had to a talk beef. about talk about it. Talk about how you felt about it. And okay, had, so maybe we should give like a little primer about what Moonlight is to yeah. the people who haven't seen it. Um, Moonlight is basically a coming of age story about this black guy who lives in Miami who is also queer. And it follows him through um, three stages of his life him as a kid, um, him as like a teenager, then him as like, uh, I want to say 25 year old. Um, yeah. That's yeah. Um, and it just follows his life and uh, his trajectory and yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, go ahead, Justin. <laughs> so, when I saw Moonlight, actually, you know what, I'm going to start from here. The months leading up to see Moonlight. I remember when I saw it on online once, and I was like, wow, this movie is going to be absolutely amazing. Because I saw the trailer, and I saw how beautiful the cinematography would be, and I'm like, well, in these trailers where the cinematography is beautiful, I'm hoping that the content within the movie will also reflect how beautiful the cinematography is. Mm -hmm. in this case i did not feel that way um a lot of people were trying to like force feed me moonlight i i feel like a lot of people feel that way because everybody kept being suggested to see moonlight and it's like okay i'll watch it i'll watch it um I'll so watch it. It, yeah i'll watch it i'll watch it because for me you know identifying as a black queer person and a film being made about black queerness and this this boy's journey through just accepting that i was like wow i'm like is this gonna be the film that like bucks me up <laughs> like this is gonna like kill me i'm gonna love this but <laughs> um when i finally saw it i keep saying but and people are like okay what's the beef with it when i finally saw it i felt myself wanting to be more attached to it than what i actually was now i can identify with a lot of what was happening in the film one you know being bullied being chased home wondering what the fuck a, a faggot is and if i am a faggot indeed you know and i never mm. really asked anybody if i was but um the i remember i texted you after the film mm -hmm. <laughs> but over the course you through, throughout like the film two essays i i texted a lot of people that essay i'm probably gonna read something from it <laughs> but uh yeah, just throughout watching the film, it was very ambiguous and it was very light on narrative. But that was a very interesting, like, tactic that Barry, the director, um, incorporated into the film, which I really appreciated because Barry Jenkins, if you don't know, because we're going to talk about a lot more films aside from Moonlight, because black queerness doesn't stop at Moonlight. Um, he also made one of my favorite films, Medicine for Melancholy, uh, and I think he made another cool film but that I can't think of right now. But 
in both of these films it's very light on dialogue and um it allows the viewer to watch the film really watch the film and draw their own conclusions and actually follow the power in storytelling and just pointing a camera a certain direction and so i guess that was my beef with moonlight was that where the hell is the narrative i need to you know know how he feels and i guess they tried <laughs> to express that through different camera angles and how he felt and how he looked in different colors lighting things like that and that's beautiful i love that but this film didn't like jump out and punch me and grab me like all these people are reacting to it as i feel like the only reason and i'm not saying this to downplay this film because it was beautiful and it deserved all the awards it won and all the recognition because we need the inclusion as black people and black queer people but i feel like the only reason this film did as amazing and tremendous as it did in the box office and in the award shows was because of one the amazing cast and crew of course but also because this is the first time we as people have ever seen this narrative on this type of platform now make no mistake movies about queer black people have been made in the past and have been made by amazing actors and crews and directors and producers mm -hmm. but this one just gained so much more attention than all of those and it exceeded this level of importance and just went over in trajectory and people just ate it up and so when it got to the box office when it got to these you know hollywood socialites that determine what's good in hollywood they ate it up because it's like wow we've never seen black queerness within youth being portrayed on the big screen and if someone in hollywood looked at that they'd be an absolute idiot not to capitalize and publicize on it because that's money when you get something original like that in hollywood sad to say and it's that good you gotta eat it up and you mm -hmm. gotta make people believe that it's the shit that's your job as a producer or somebody who wants to make money off of the film and i understand that but my beef is this film does not tell my story it doesn't tell a lot of people's <clears throat> stories and i'm not saying mm -hmm. it's not inclusive because this story was about one individual person what i'm saying is people are glorifying and sensationalizing this film like it's the best queer film that could and probably will and has ever been made and that's simply not the truth now i'm mm -hmm. like hella long-winded when it comes to this movie right. i want to go into because <laughs> i it made me so passionate because Wait, at the i want to talk about my opinion about it oh yeah go, well go ahead go ahead and then i'll <laughs> go off into my rant i'm sorry i just get so passionate <laughs> right okay look i loved moonlight i've mm -hmm. seen it same not one not twice but three times okay and i just found a copy of it online i'm about to go watch that too at some point probably not because i don't really like watching movies more than once so that tells you how much i like this movie um mm. mainly because it it did tell my story in a, in a sense it didn't tell my story completely because they don't know me but it did that's how i feel yeah it did i, I did feel a connection to it um and it was the first black queer film that I saw that was done this well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, not to say that other black queer films are not done well at all, but a lot of the black queer films that I had seen before that had this, they all had very similar 
they all had a very similar i don't know there was just something about the them quality that, like it was so, the yeah the quality films, the quality is so low and the budget is low yes <laughs> with moonlight it looks like they had money on money on money which might not even but be i could the case, tell they, they didn't though like i could tell when they did when they ran out of money um, mm-hmm. on that movie too that's true but i and i also just felt like the storyline in this particular movie i just really loved it even though there wasn't a lot of dialogue um it was really tense in certain moments and i liked the silence i thought the silence really played well um and i feel like there were some parts where i didn't really like but after seeing it after my second time seeing it, I loved it a bit more because when I first saw it, I was like you. I was like, it was I. Um, but I did feel like people were hyping it up for me, right? Um, because they felt like this was like this was really good, you know, like and it was. Um, then after seeing it the second time, I was like, okay, I understand why people feel this way. I'm starting to feel this way. And by the third time, I was like, I don't need to see this again because I'm sold this is it's beautiful because actually funny story the first time i saw it i was like 15 minutes late second time i saw it i was like 30 minutes late <laughs> the third time, yeah your punctuality is so afrocentric you need to be on time nah <laughs> nah bro <laughs> but the third time i saw it i wasn't driving so i got there on time for that one and i saw it ah. from beginning to end and the beginning is what really caught me because the first time I saw it, I came in on it, but I didn't see the beginning. And the beginning is so polarizing, in my opinion. It, it's very tense. And I think a friend of mine told me, like, they lived that. And I was like, damn, bro, that's deep. So, um, hey, I like it. I like it. It's one of my favorites at the moment. So, but I'm excited to see where people go after this with black queer films. I'm excited to see what people, what realm people take it into outside of men, right? Into like black womanness, queerness. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm excited that's to see that. That's what needs to be that. Yeah, that's. I'm excited to see black a, transness. I'm excited to see that. Yeah. That's I'm excited a to see black that we definitely bisexuality. I'm ready to see that. I'm ready to see that. <laughs> so I'm ready to see here in these streets it's that's valid i like i said not to like discredit all the work i like it too i just maybe because at one point i was i wanted to go to school for film i'm am still so passionate about film that it hurts sometimes because film is like where i find a lot of who i am like when I see something on the screen, when I can read a script, yeah, as uh, everyone who knows me well enough, they know, I will say this a billion times over and over, when I read Toni Morrison's Song of Solomon, that was like the first time that I ever read a book that I cried to and that I like actually found myself within. So when I see works, whether it be film or literature, visual arts whatever when i see these works that i can find myself in and identify with that means the absolute world to me so i guess my beef with moonlight was when i was watching it i kind of felt let let down but it wasn't for me that's the thing so uh, you i i don't want to say i have no right to feel left left down but at the same time it was like yeah don't believe the hype fam but anyways i uh so I sent you this long, long essay. Yes, you did. <laughs> Afterwards. And I'll, I'll 
read a little bit from it um in the beginning i said that i felt like it had an amazing skeleton but this could have been uh could have had more inclusion and if in my hands it would have uh told the story instead of taking the route of just dabbling in in specific parts of his life but after i like thought about the film a little bit more i saw how important it was to include these huge gaps in between the characters because within those points the viewer is allowed to draw their own conclusions and i think that's becoming more and more of a thing within film and television a little bit too um we want the viewers to be creative we want them to draw their own conclusions we're not just putting you in front of your idiot box to view content we want you to engage and i think that's a really interesting tool but i guess i was just looking for a lot more storytelling but that's fine but anyways i went on to say growing up in denial about queerness requires more than just secretly lusting after someone who was of the same sex more than getting bullied for it it's about that experimentation that urge to want to find what's yours and what's right and looking in all the right and wrong places until you actually find what's right in the right place i don't think chiron got the chance to ever do that he was written into this and confined by this black boy from the hood dealing with a mother facing addiction type of character and he wasn't really allowed to exist past that and i couldn't even allow myself to see past this ghetto boy confined to bullying in the hood into like a black queer boy looking for himself and when i got to that point in the film and i noticed what type of film it was i was slightly annoyed at how we're still being put into these stereotypical roles as black people you know i wasn't always in the hood as i grew up i mean i grew up <laughs> in the hood but my mom at some point moved you moved out, out. The, yeah <laughs> at some point my mom moved me to the suburbs because she wanted me to get a better education and didn't want me to have to run home from school or possibly get mugged or whatever but um i appreciate the representation and i also love that day is two men from florida barry the director and terrell i forget his last name but he wrote the screenplay he actually wrote this play for um his acceptance into harvard or some socialite school um he wrote like a series of plays and this was a part of that and i think that's really amazing that this came from that um because i can mm -hmm. i can i can empathize with that because i've done works that were strictly from school that turned into something else this kind of but um they worked hard to include the <laughs> real parts of liberty city which i thought was really important and they always expressed that but i also feel like the ball was dropped in character development although when he was little i saw a little bit of character development but as the movie went on i felt like chiron became more of an idea instead of a character although he developed as a teen and an adult a lot of it was in the dark but i already spoke about that so overall no shade at all i give the film a low b minus but i really think this movie only did well because of the amazing cast i said that before and i also said that uh when it got into the hands of the people at the golden globes and the socialites that determine what's good in hollywood they were like wow i've never seen anything like this before so it has to be the best of its kind but that's not the case and as an artist that makes me really fucking mad because me and you all the other black artists that we know are out here day by day living and creating from our experiences and we don't always even get the chance to express that so when something like this hits the screen and 
it's still being portrayed in that same okay black person in the hood but they're gay this time that's the only difference <laughs> it that's pisses me catch. off yeah that's the, the that's the only is. difference you know like you will get your same old shit about a black kid in the hood but he's gay this time tune in next time next time he's disabled like okay really y'all just oh gonna God. keep sprinkling in a little disabled. bit of inclusion movie by movie and sometimes these stereo stereotypical depictions of what it's like really like just oppresses us like visually because media has power over us it's everything we consume it daily if like you're a millennial you obviously consume it daily but you know if you're like one of those people who don't choose to stay in touch with social media and things like that i applaud you but you might not see it as much but mass media what i've learned from my schooling is mass media is everything that's books that's magazines that's visual imaging it's everything that you can physically look at that's mass or not mass made but man made but anyways the most important part that uh to this essay that i wrote that was like crazy uh was it makes me want to write the book or play and produce that film not to prove that their film was bad or that i'm better but to fucking prove to these idiots at award shows that chiron is not the only fucking story hidden figures and fences and blackish and insecure is not where our voices start and end me and you obviously and all the other artists that we know have killer personal works that you can't deny that all this of us true. know an artist out there with a killer personal story and if given the chance to express that narrative that it'll go far i'm like tired of seeing the same slave like movies the triumphant movies of like even though hidden figures was absolutely amazing and it brought me like to tears like a lot of times in the middle of the movie as a consumer i'm tired of seeing these movies of tri black triumphants and that sounds weird i know because why wouldn't you want to see you know black triumphants and uplifting but when you put so much of our struggle into media and over and over and over and you capitalize on the fact that oh here you go you got three black women who were basically shot on but they were smart and gifted and amazing mm -hmm. were behind putting men on the fucking moon but mm -hmm. you know in the beginning all we focused on was their struggle and mm. how taraji you know how taraji i don't know if you've seen it but i'm not going to spoil uh. anything in the beginning taraji you know she was in like the building with the actual rocket scientists who were behind putting that man on the moon but there wasn't a colored women's bathroom in her building so she had to run a mile all the way back to where she knew she could use the bathroom carry all of her work and still do her work while she was sitting there taking a piss in the bathroom run back and rain heat whatever it was just to sit back down so a bullshit has guy could come to her throw some stuff on her desk and say get to work monkey and get looked at weird like <laughs> oh god that, that to, is it's powerful i see it i gotta see it it's, i get what you're saying it's, i get it's what powerful, you're saying but i'm like i'm tired you know <laughs> i'm tired so, of like our struggle being capitalized yeah um i had this job at this um youth development agency um like a year or two ago and i remember uh talking to my boss at the time who was this black lady um and we talked about like privilege and all these things um mm -hmm. and she was like you know 
being treated with white privilege is just being treated as a default human right and i that is that is the most powerful thing i've ever heard and like when thinking about what you just said it's i thought about that because i thought about how white people never make movies about their struggle in regards to race because one they don't have to but it's never about their struggle it's (laughs) it's not it's like when let me think what won best picture last year i don't recall because i don't keep up with award shows but let me think of something like let me think um uh silver lining playbook with um the girl from hunger games and and ryan Ryan gosling right no no i'm sorry bradley Bradley cooper bradley Cooper. Cooper. yes 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 um i love that movie i think that it's really good it's really good writing and and i really like it but now there always is a struggle because plots are built upon conflict so that is always Mm -hmm. inherent in anything you watch unless it's really bad if it doesn't have a plot if it doesn't have conflict it's bad you shouldn't watch it but so silver lining playbook right and i'm just going to give you like a brief little synopsis of it here you know what forget that titanic because everybody knows titanic titanic right two people get on a ship fall in love the ship sinks right that's basically the whole story okay not not you know nary in that movie do you find somebody dealing with some sort of power struggle like Mm -hmm. that's just the the downfall of man white man in that movie um I think it's really interesting how you said we'll do Titanic because everyone knows Titanic. I was watching Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt the other day, and I will admittedly say the only reason I watched that is for Titus Andromeda, and the one black queer character in mm-hmm. that uh, not movie, but I know TV so many series. people who say that. Fucking amazing! I, I haven't I just seen love it, everything but I know I, I I know it's people who watch so it just for him. I know white people who watch it just for him. But, but uh, <laughs> yeah, which is so in that show. Um, Kimmy, the girl, the lead girl, obviously, she goes up to this woman at this high school office because she's trying to take her GED. And she's like, uh, yeah, me and so and so in my class are like Frasier and another lead character in Frasier. And then the black woman behind the counter, she's like, yeah, me and my husband are kind of like, uh, oh, my gosh, I can't think. You know, the what's the lead woman of girlfriends? You know, Tracy the show girlfriends, though, right. Tracy, they, thank you. I forgot her name really quick. And who was her love interest? No. You know the guy I'm oh, talking God. about. Oh, God. The one with but the face. The, the, yes. Oh, man. Was <laughs> yeah, his name Miles? I think so. But basically, she came back to her and said, yeah, me and my husband are kind of like the Tracy Ellis Ross and him of girlfriends. And Kimmy looked at her funny. She's like, I don't get it. And she's like, yeah, you expect us to get all the Fraser references, <laughs> but you don't want to know anything about girlfriends. And that was so important to me because I'm like, all the fucking time, which is so, it's a, it's a huge microaggression for me. But all the time, are we expected to understand Frasier, um, all these white television shows that don't really have anything to do with us. We have to understand the Jeffersons, the Jetsons. The Jeffersons we, uh, is black. Uh, I'm sorry. No, I didn't mean to say the Jeffersons. I meant to say the Jetsons. Um, all these mm-hmm. shows, all these shows that don't pertain to us, they don't include us, but yet they're still in our media and we're forced to watch it because it's programmed into television, which is programming us slowly. But that's another conversation. And they expect us to remember this. But girlfriends, blackish, 
uh, fresh off the boat. I think that's a show or something. It is. I'm sorry if I'm. Okay, yeah. I, I, I when I said it, it sounded really derogatory, and I was like, No, nah, that's the name of the, the show. show. <laughs> um, uh, you know, all these shows that have inclusion for people of color, mm-hmm. or even if it's not people of color, people of disability, genders, sexes, everything. We're not expected to understand those pop culture references, right. but we're understand uh, or expected to understand who the hell Fraser is. I, I do not know anything, I don't know about, anything Fraser, about Fraser except that he had I a dog. Don't, I know. That's I it. don't even know that. But <laughs> I think what's very interesting is if um, so if we look at like things like Fraser and you know girlfriends, right? Like. It's interesting because these things are essential to us, right? Like Girlfriends, The Cosby Show even, um, things like that. Um, and I was thinking about this last night as I was going, as I was falling into slumber, is that um, I was talking to this old man. Oh, God. I'm sorry. This was so rude of me. I was talking to this older gentleman. I feel like I know what you're and, talking um, about. We were talking about a lot of things but we talked about um the word queer and gay right now i have no problem with the word queer but he's like 60 and he said that queer you know when he was coming up and stuff was always used by white folks that was their word to describe gay or whatever right um and i think what's interesting is that if, if we just look at that and think about media is that the the popular shows that were coming um, that were out when I was growing up for black, for gay people, for gay folks, and for queer folks was Queer as Folk, um, which is a show about gay men um, and I think gay women. Um, I've never seen it, but it is a popular show. There was an article about it versus Noah's Ark. And yeah, I've seen a little bit. Right. Noah's queer Ark. as Folk lasted for five seasons while um Noah's Ark just lasted for one or two um not that they were on the same they weren't even on the same channel but the um the thing is is that this show was the show or even no even show like the shows like the L word which I love um which is also which is about um queer women mainly white queer women and there's like one mixed lady in there um but <clears throat> who could pass for white but um and that's no offense towards her i, I think they, they chose her for that on purpose but that, that's that's yeah. besides the point that happens a lot um because i'm not trying to say she isn't black I, just to say yeah mm-hmm. anyway um paperback <laughs> obviously but um those two shows right those are the shows that coming up those were the two shows or whatever that were about gay folks or even show, even channels like bravo um which is just about white queer folks um and so i thought about that and i thought about how he doesn't really like the word queer because it's for white folks and i was like well in my generation millennials we came up on media that only portrayed white queer life not black queer life um so queer is a word we accept queer is all inclusive to us you know um and i just thought that was really interesting because you know in in regards to like in comparing in comparing that to like fraser and girlfriends 
um, yeah. So mm-hmm. that, that was just something I wanted to say. Yeah, and words change. This is that's true. The, that's the interesting part of the conversation, how words change. And I remember how I said earlier, you know, words don't really mean that much to me. It's the, the intent mm-hmm. behind it. And the fact that words are so ephemeral and transient that they have the there's they're just so lacking in power that they have the ability to just change meaning you know queer in the 60s could mean you know queer but now it's you know (laughs) right lgbtq plus that's that's what it stands for now and that's you know i that's why i think you know anybody out there who's listening or who ever is faced with words that's one thing i would always like reverberate into you is that the only power in words is the power that you allow it to have now if you're like me and you know extremely empathetic person and you can feel the intent and emotion behind the word then all i can advise you to do is just remember that the word itself is nothing but the strength and the hatred and the power behind the word being used by the person is actually Mm -hmm. real i don't know where i was going to go from that but i felt like that was a valid thing to say um but yeah uh it's 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 uh, interesting did you uh by any chance i know we have like a lot more of like television and movies to talk about did you get a chance to watch uh the short come over i watched uh, i watched it yes how did you feel about it well first i'll explain it so come over because we're not just going to talk about like black struggle and black queerness in media we're also going to talk about the dope stuff uh come over is a film i a short black queer film i saw on facebook like a month ago and it's also on youtube you can just type in come over film and it'll pop right up and it's about it's it's so humanizing that's what i love about it but basically it's about these two guys they meet up one night i think they like hook up through tinder or something like that and i actually want to ask you a little bit later about like tinder hookup culture because that's not the life out there <laughs> but anyways so <laughs> they meet up through that and one guy is really reserved and the other is really chill so they get together and it's like a little standoffish type of thing i don't know why i'm explaining the plot i'm just gonna go on and tell you what it's about so basically they get together they have sex but it they connect far beyond sex they actually start to like each other and actually take interest in knowing about each other so they hook up anywhere from like two to four times in the film it's like 30 or 20 minutes long and it's uh it accelerates from just being casual to feelings actually being developed and going from something that could have turned into a one-night stand into a relationship where vulnerability and different dynamics like that come into play and um i love how it's like it's based in this like millennial type of lifestyle where they're both like hey come over to my apartment and we'll chill and smoke and drink and not fuck because i actually just want to talk to you (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. that type of situation but i really 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 enjoyed this film mostly because i've seen so many films like uh the one with mila kunez and uh insert tall white actor here who's a male ashton Ashton kutcher Kutcher? yeah you know or uh the one with mila kunez and justin timberlake or oh wait okay okay so two different fans you're talking about no strings attached and you're talking about um friends friends with benefits friends with benefits yeah you see shows like that mila kunez isn't in both of them she's only in one 
Oh, really? It was just another. It was another oh, white actress. Insert. But what's interesting insert. is that those white actresses, that those two white actresses, played opposite of each other in the movie Black Swan, which was their biggest film. Ah, together. I remember that now. Yep, I know what you're talking yes. about. Mm-hmm. That's so that was really that. that was interesting. <laughs> but yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, so you know, you see movies like that, and you know, I was like probably like 15 when those came out, and I thought they were very interesting one because i was a horny teenager and i was like "Ooh, friends with benefits and sex but also because it's like you know a part of life that i've never got to live so i'm interested in and so i grew up with that seeing it in that white lens of consumerism and finally i get to a point where i can see something so simple so humanizing inclusive and it's just in the lens for black queer men and it shows vulnerability and just living and being normal and just having these basic urges that people have you know to just go on tinder and like hey line up some booty and that's what the film did and i I really enjoyed it so yeah how did you feel about it uh i liked it i liked come over um um okay it reminded me of actually the lead one of the leads in the movie it's from this internet web series that I love called Modern Day. Is it the one with long hair? No, not him. Um, the other one. Oh, okay. I don't remember their names, but the other one. The uh, the more effeminate one. Um, the mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a show called um, Modern Day Gay Black. Modern mm-hmm. Day Black Gay. There it is. Something like that. And... I think it's produced by the Together Project on YouTube. It is amazing. I love it. Um, I love that show, web series, so much. Anyway, um, and and that kind of remi- it kind of reminded me of that a little bit, mainly because he was in it. But like the writing was very similar. I don't think they're produced by the same. I don't think they were directed or wrote by the same person. But um, they're just very very similar uh, in in the writing aspect. Um, there was some things I didn't like about it. I feel like there could have been a, it could have been longer, but I'm happy it wasn't longer because I feel like it would have lacked character development, and that would have made me upset. But I enjoyed it because um, yeah, it, it definitely good. shined a light on things that I, I don't think I've ever experienced that exactly. But like I could see that happening to me or to someone else, especially the scene where where uh, the guy cries. I would have been like, it's okay. You you good, bro? I didn't really fully understand that part. Could you, like I don't I, like I was the fuck nigga in the audience because I'm just like, why are you? Crying? You know. So this is what happened, right? I didn't. I think it. the guy that cried was going through a breakup, going through heartache as well, because he mentioned in the beginning, very randomly, my grandma died over there. So I feel like he was dealing with some things. Ah. They didn't say it. It was nuanced. I think they just wanted you to guess. Um, but I think both of the guys That's were dealing with something. I think that um, yeah, the, the the one guy, the more feminine one, was like insecure. Was insecure, and I think sure. he was definitely going through a breakup or something. And um, and that's mm-hmm. I feel like that's why he got so attached to the guy. Um, and I think wow. the other guy didn't really necessarily want to get so attached, but he need like he was he he was dealing with the loss of his grandmother and probably an ex. Needed he, that distraction. He that. Yeah. Wow. Um, this is coming full circle for me. This is a this film yeah, is Yeah, it's it's good. It's really good. Um so yeah, I think that's what was going on. 
I think that's why he cried because he, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, you know, and as I watched it, it just, I saw the comments in the book below and I was like, a lot of people were saying, uh, please make this into a web series. And I was like, this would be such an amazing web series, such an amazing web series. And obviously we got things in the works for right. web series in the future. Hey. So I'm just, I'm going to leave that there. But um, it was just so, so inspiring. And I loved the, I don't know why I loved this scene. Maybe it just because it screams humanity and just like inclusion. And it's like, hey, black people are normal too and have normal impulses. But when he introduced him to her, uh, his mm-hmm. roommate the uh, girl and she was just like dancing in the living room with her hair all Mm -hmm. out and she's just like feeling it (laughs) and he's like hey and she like turns around and it's like it's just small things like that I always say it's the small things people to just be able to show you know a black girl dancing in a film and not really have any like huge like meaning behind it aside from her just like enjoying, enjoying life so yeah. that means a, it means a lot to me because it's like how many times do we just get to watch something about black people for the fuck of it usually when we watch something it's about our struggle or it's finally about inclusion or it's educational can i just watch you know somebody who just who's black and who just wants to dance for the fuck of it i mean we're soul train at a, a new depiction of soul train something like that you know they were there to just like gather and dance and celebrate and now where's that (laughs) where's the let me just listen to this because i need my daily dosage of black content that doesn't pour struggle or uh the relief that finally i'm being included into this type of light where's the depiction of just black life for the fuck of it that's what i want and i've been watching blackish a lot lately and that's what I get from Blackish. I love Blackish. Um and consequently there's a queer character in that, so we're Re- still really? on the same point. Yay. Yes, yes. I watched I watched season one through where we are now. Uh Anthony Anderson, his oh, sister Raven. in the show. Yeah, yeah. that's already yeah, she's well she's actually queer in real this life. She actually plays a queer character. So um it was amazing and ooh, I really gotta talk about this episode. So in Blackish, the episode where they introduce him or her as his sister, um, she's not fully out yet, but she has a roommate, <laughs> a roommate, <laughs> which is actually her girlfriend. So, but everybody refers to her girlfriend as her roommate. And if you've seen Blackish, you know that Anthony Anderson's mom in the uh, show is super very duper Jesus, Christian. super juice, super duper Jesus, but that hypocritical type of super mm-hmm. duper jesus so um he outs his sister unintentionally he thought he was doing her a favor but that's possibly one of the most disrespectful things Wait, you can do to a person who was coming to what don't ever do that y'all don't out nobody yeah don't, don't do it <laughs> don't, don't do that <laughs> continue don't out anyone don't ever do that that's not okay that's like I can't even compare something as disrespectful that you as a queer person could do to a heterosexual person. I don't, cause I mean, if you just went out and said, hey, he fucks her, she fucks him. That's not really outing anybody. That's just putting their sexual history out in the air. But when you identify as a queer person, it's a lot deeper than just who you mm-hmm. screw. That's a, I, that's I'm, a whole ooh, identity. I a really like, bad word. That's an identity. 
um i almost said a bad word i almost said that's a choice but it's definitely not a choice it's your identity that's what i definitely want to say and no one comes out and says no one exposes a heterosexual person for being into bestiality nobody comes out and says hey you like this type of porn or hey you secretly think that handicapped people are lame yeah i don't know i don't know anything that you know people who are hetero would be offended to have outed about because here's the thing right homo queerness is looked at as a bit of a taboo um and it's coming out of that but still it's looked at as a bit of a taboo especially amongst people who um are very religious and closed-minded so Mm -hmm. look don't out nobody okay because first off you don't know what the ripper the repercussions of that could be i've done this i've outed someone before um i'm not proud Mm. of it um it didn't end up bad so that's a good thing but it could have gone in a completely different direction people lose their lives over this stuff Mm. so don't do it yeah and it was really amazing in the show because tracy ellis ross the mom in the show she went and she went to go tell dre the uh the lead man she said coming out is a significant point in a queer person's life and they should be able to have the choice to come out whenever they want and i was like you can go tracy (laughs) it's like you go rainbow so um you know it was amazing and uh you know obviously the mom she was like taken back but it's blackish and it's also on abc so she came to terms it wasn't like a super long conflict but she had some getting used to she had some time to get used to the fact that her daughter was queer and i thought that was just an amazing uh display of inclusion and storytelling because i'm like wow you know i haven't seen that told on like just a tv show on abc before so i'm like shout outs to you um, Wait, but before we go into that, right? Um, I want to talk about bisexuality for a little bit. We touched on it, and I just, I just, I, I just need please to please do, yeah, get it out. Um, there was another movie I told you to watch called Love by the Tenth Date. I'm guessing you didn't watch that either, so it's okay. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, in <laughs> in Love Love by the Tenth Date is a movie that came out on Lifetime um, not too long ago, and um, it's it's about these group of black this group of black women. It stars Carrie Hilson, Kelly Rowland, Megan Good, and um this other lady that um I am going to look up because I don't know her name. Um, but it stars these ladies and some and, and some other black men. Oh, her name is um Kaylee Stewart. Um, very funny lady. Anyway, um. So they're all looking for love basically. It's a it's a, mm-hmm. a romantic comedy. They're all looking for love. They're all looking to find the one um it's it's the star of the movie is really making good and it's about her finding love and not just having sex with men and that just being it. Um it's very funny. Um I think it's pretty funny and it makes me happy because it's an all black cast on Lifetime. Come on now. And it's good. <laughs> um but what really attracted me to it was um, one of this one of the, uh, the the storylines is about this girl who's looking for a man, as they all are, and she finds a man, 
at, at a club and they're in a car and he's and she's like you know I want to get married blah, blah 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 and he's like you know I always thought that I would just end up with a man and she he looks said at that, him. She said that. Oh, no, he, he said, said that. Okay. He says, okay. I always said I would end up with a man mm. until I met you. And so they're talking because she's like, what? So you're gay? He's like, no, I'm bi. Um, <sighs> Sigh. Sigh. So, so, you know, she accepts it because like they kiss. And so mm. everything's cool, right? Everything's cool for now. But then later on into the into the storyline, everything's okay. Like she's even accepting of you know of him. And what's interesting is that I would have thought that they would have casted a macho masculine guy who's straight in real life. They casted a, a more feminine actual gay guy. Inclusion. Actual queer guy in the movie. <laughs> um, and I felt like it would have. I felt like that that. I love that because it added this other dynamic to this storyline because not mm. only is, is this guy a, a bisexual guy but he's feminine so he could easily just go with that stereotype of oh so you're really gay right he could just really do that um and i just love that so um they go to like a drag show in the movie it's really interesting that that part was really funny and she's she's cool with it everything's cool mm up until um they're out and a guy hits on him mm. and a guy is like you let me buy would you mind if i buy you a drink and and so she gets upset and he gets upset and um he's like no you know i'm here with a lady and uh, the guy's like oh well here's my number hit me up when you're not confused mm-hmm. and yeah so. see that's my beef that's my beef that's what's really annoying how you can a lot of people i understand you don't understand bisexuality you probably don't even people who probably don't understand bisexuality understands being straight and understands being gay but they do not understand that life holds a lot of gray areas and being bisexual is not a gray area being bisexual is a fucking truth and when people say it's confusion how is that being confused is being attracted to asian and latino women as a heterosexual male being confused or do you just like women so for me to be attracted to men and women does that make me confused or does that just make me a people who is attracted to people you know exactly oh gosh and that's the conclusion that that she arrives at after talking to her Mm -hmm. friend you know she arrives at the, the her friend helps her arrive to the conclusion that you know he just that that he likes people but right now he likes you yeah like he 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 loves you this is who he's with he, you don't have to worry about that because he's with you um that's so valid and, you know, and so another instance yeah. is like how uh in uh insecure but we'll get to that later the whole molly and the guy oh no i love that we can get to that now yeah so go um if you haven't seen (laughs) if you haven't seen insecure uh there's a character Issa ray's uh best friend in the show uh her name is molly and she starts she she's that friend who's like dating a lot of people who we all want to just like finally find somebody that's good for her but she never do and it's fine she let her truth like all of us do but she gets involved with this one uh guy who's played by a straight guy and he is not bisexual he in the show is a straight male 
but they had dinner one night and they were talking and she and he said hey tell me about your life all the crazy shits you've done and she's like well i've slept with my professor he's like okay um i've done coke okay it was law school and i made out with a girl at a house party and he's like okay and she's like all right tell me about you he's like well i was once a home wrecker um did crazy drugs and i was naked and i also had a sexual experience like yours once upon a time and she's like sexual experience what do you mean she's so like you saw with a oh, professor said, <laughs> yeah yeah and he's like no um i made out with a dude before it and he gave me head and she was so thrown by that because then she was like you know the I, i'm trying to because i'm pretty good at empathizing so in that those shoes i feel like she's thinking were there others are you gay is this an experiment for you are you on the dl are you not fully living out your truth as just mm -hmm. a, as a gay person if you're bi that's fine but i don't think i can be with a you know a bisexual man things like that and you know what i understand i understand that right off the back there's a lot to think about and heterosexual people have the choice to be like okay well do i want to enter a relationship with a bisexual person that's your choice and that's your truth but at the same time don't ever downplay somebody's life and their lifestyle and right uh, and he wasn't was, even queer and, just, yeah he wasn't even he, bi he wasn't even experience. bi so that goes back to black masculinity so and then oh so many articles on that after that episode came out because it was like why can't black men explore their sexuality without being you know questioned why can't their masculinity still be uh intact. you know respected and and intact even if they choose to experiment it makes you no lesser and it was funny because Issa Rae said you know oh my gosh if i can no i can't i don't know how i thought i was going to be able to do that i was going to try to like put the clip where she said that in the episode but that's not even available online for me to get but anyways she said she said some holier than thou type of shit she was like uh you're just subscribing to this heteronormative belief that men just can't express themselves and explore sexuality and one of the comic reliefs in the show was like all right afrofuturism major uh get to the point <laughs> but it's you know it, it's it's true um you know it's it's this thing that we subscribe to and and media and culture is just like people of all sexualities and genders that masculinity is also fragile and it is <laughs> it is and so are men to an extent but um yeah bisexuality it's a I'm just tired of it being seen as this like a uh, huge taboo and it's I feel like out of all the sexualities because there are many it's it's uh it's like the joke you know what I mean mm -hmm. it's what people perceive as the joke of all sexualities mm -hmm. like I've heard people in high school say how can you be, how can a person be bisexual how can you be bisexual the same way you can the be same way you can be straight shit <laughs> oh, oh, oh well, yeah, or that, that yes there we go yeah, simple, the same, same way, you can, way you can be ignorant little shit and the same way you can be straight same yeah. way i can be bisexual so you know. exactly um i mean i've had this conversation so many times with so many people um you know and people have been like you just gotta choose one like you gonna choose one and i'm like no 
No, you're going to choose these hands. That's right, like, you're you going to choose these hands in a minute because you're getting on my damn nerves. Um, <laughs> get on yeah, my damn it's nerves. It's really, really annoying. Um, I guess it's time to play some music, yeah? Yes. So I'm, I'm guessing we can just like alternate in between songs because I know you came with a lot of songs. I came with a lot of songs. So we can just play some music, really, and it'll be really cool. So um, one song I do want to play specifically is by Kevin Abstract. And you actually told me about this album. Do I? Oh, uh, American Boyfriend. Yeah. American Boyfriend. That's it. Uh, yeah. He has, yeah, he has an album out called American Boyfriend. Um, at first, we didn't even know if he was queer or not. I still don't fully know. I still know. don't. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> but, you know, he makes songs that would allude to the fact that he is. But I'm going, I want to play um, another song by him because I played one earlier. Um, I want to play another one. There's a lyric in it, and uh, it's basically like, fuck you, this is exactly who I'm supposed to be, and it just reminds me about accepting queerness and uh, just being fed up and stuff like that. It's basically like a song full of fuck yous, and for everyone to know, I just got fired from my job, so I don't even feel like fuck my job. I just feel like fuck all the white people I had to work for that like harassed me and... Mm-hmm surrounded me with microaggressions but i'll talk about all those microaggressions on our next episode but i just got fired and i'm so happy i'm relieved from that experience because it was truly some of the darkest times in my life to have to work where'd you work justin starbucks white mecca so (laughs) yeah i was surrounded by white culture white faces isn't it isn't that a line by michelle john michelle basquiat i was surrounded by white wine white people and white tablecloths and i felt alien or something like that that was basically Basically me so uh yeah sometimes i just need music that makes me chill out and and feel good about being on the other side of such a tumultuous time um i also want to play one song by erica badu that i've never actually heard before until yesterday and it's uh she performed it on girlfriends which i think is a relevant thing to do and uh yeah just just some really chill music some people who made some of these songs are queer others aren't so uh Let's get into it, and then that will be the end of our part two of Black Queerness in Mass Media and Society.
down if you are down if you are down if you are down i know you're grounded know you're grounded know you're ground can you get down can you get down can you get down yeah. to the spaces in between our faces the most beautiful places in the world don't waste it I could almost taste it The most beautiful places in the world In the world World In the world World Resistance is daunting can see you opening all of yourself to me. I let go of my pride and I'll lay down with you. I'll take my shoes off. Let the empty spaces be just that. I have no fear of silence, especially under the Episode 1, Black Queerness in Mass Media and Society. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you're here, I'm assuming you're liking what you're hearing so far. So stay tuned for part 3, the last and final ep- or part to this very first episode of uh, our Black History Month montage of episodes. We're going to get into black transness, black historical queer figures who helped pave the way for us to just be here, and black queer dating culture. So stay tuned for that. Uh, get comfortable. Take your shoes off. We're not going anywhere, so chill out with us. 
um be sure to follow us on all our social media platforms facebook twitter instagram all that great stuff um in other news we are actually in partnership as of now with stitcher radio if you're not familiar with it it's a podcasting platform so we're finally at home with all the other really really cool podcasts um it's an app it's also a website so you can just type in stitcher and then type in our podcast name blacks with blues podcast and you will find us right there so uh until next time thank you guys so much for tuning in and this is what it sounds like to be black with the blues i am stuck up in a cloud i don't know where it's taking me now i've been I've been watching you for a while I don't, I don't believe in the accident of a girl If it happens to go down, it happens to go down, it happens Don't pretend that you don't love me 